If you look at your year like a bell curve, and I realize that I just lost half of the two of you that are listening, uh, but if you look at your year like a bell curve, this week I had both my pinnacle and my nadir, uh, which is a fancy way of saying I had the best day of the year probably and the worst day of the year probably, and so that has been fantastic and awful, but I'm talking about neither today. Uh, I am going to peel back the curtain and talk a little bit about my life uh, growing up. I have said some in sermons, I have said some in groups, uh, and so little by little a lot of stuff comes out, but I will just say that I was, uh, from the age of 13 months, raised by my great-grandparents. Um, I knew my, my mother at the time, and still today, uh, she has even been to church several times, but uh, she had me when she was around 17, 18. Uh, I've since found that it wasn't the best situation for anyone in terms of uh, just how all of that went down. But my great-grandparents uh, didn't judge her. They didn't hate her. They brought her in. Now, they were strict. They were definitely Great Depression, World War II type people. So, so they had high morals and, and high standards. But they still loved her, and so they, they brought her in, and then at around 13 months old, she started to get her life back together, and uh, that was easier without a 13-month-old. Now, that didn't mean that she didn't love me. It meant that she made a very difficult decision, and I have since told her that I definitely understand that. It was definitely for the best, because for a young girl to raise a baby alone, especially back then, now it's hard still today, but especially back then, uh, it was very difficult. And so she uh, didn't live far away. She let me stay with my great-grandparents. They loved me. They were older, obviously. Uh, they were in their late 60s when they took me in. They were great in a lot of ways. They were difficult in a lot of ways. Like I said, they were very strict. They had high expectations. I was expected to get straight A's. I was expected to uh, never misbehave. And there are times... That anyone who knows me can still see the ramifications of that today, or as a wise man once said, the ramifications of that today, in that I do not allow myself to make a mistake. I expect myself to be perfect. Now, I don't expect anyone else to be perfect. I have a lot of grace for literally everyone else. I'm very optimistic for everyone else. For myself, I'm pessimistic, and I expect perfection. Uh, obviously, that's impossible, and so when I do screw up, it is a very difficult thing for me. Um, I get really down on myself. I think that I've let everyone down. I think that everyone can see just who I really am at that point, because that's how I see myself all of the time, even when I'm successful. Some of this I will talk about in the live stream tomorrow uh, on Facebook, on YouTube, on the church website, on the church app. I hope that you listen to those. Uh, I do my best to speak from a real place, and so that's that's kind of what I come from. It's it's not what uh, like a TV sermon or something. It's just me talking. Um, and so that's what I'll do. And so that's that's how I always feel. And that all goes back probably to that. Now it, it there's a big nature versus nurture debate. So who knows how much of that was in me already? Who knows how much of that has been passed down? But definitely a lot of it came from those expectations. And yet they loved me. Um, they disciplined me hard, harder than was necessary sometimes. Harder than was accepted sometimes, but, and this is an excuse, but it's also a reason, they're from a completely different generation where different things were accepted. 
uh, they had me in church every Sunday, every Wednesday. They always had me in church. They taught me to vote. Uh, they said that that's something that is a, a privilege, and they, they made sure I did that. They, even though they were hard on me, they also loved me unconditionally, which it didn't feel like that sometimes, but I know that anything I needed, I could count on them. Uh, anything, any time that I needed help, I could count on them. That's who they were. And so it was a very mixed bag of, of a life. Uh, they raised me. My great-grandfather passed after my freshman year in college. It's really crazy. Even though he was in his 80s, I had no idea that he was in any danger health-wise. I just went to visit him when I, I came home and, and had heard, like, obviously that he was in the hospital. So they were like, hey, go see him. And so I did. You know, you didn't have to talk me into it. I loved him. And uh, the last thing he ever said to me, I didn't know it was his last words at the time, was, be careful, uh, girls are trouble. And it was kind of funny. There was a, a girl with me, just a friend, because no girls liked me then and for a long time. But uh, he he said it, and I don't know how aware of everything he was. I, I know now that he had heart issues. I know now that there were a lot of things going on and that he passed that night. Uh, it was difficult in a lot of ways, he was my father. Uh, he was always there. We we shared sports. We didn't have a lot of deep conversations because he was born in 1918, and that's not what men do. Uh, and and yet, I would watch Andy Griffith with him. I would watch reruns of shows. I would watch uh, sports. Like, we built this love of IU. I, I loved so many things to impress him. Uh, I, I, I remember one time when I first got the internet, when I first talked them into get, letting me get the internet at home, uh, when it was still dial-up, so I'm old, but I was showing him the baseball scores at the time, and he was so impressed, he thought that I was making it happen, but I, I just remember moments like that, and I, I loved him for that, I still love him. Uh, as I said, he was my father, I, I love my mom, and we have a close relationship, we've gotten closer since I moved to Ohio, but my great-grandmother was my mother, it's just, that's how, how it is, it's no insult, it's just, they raised me. Uh, and so losing him was hard. I remember my great-grandma at the funeral, like, just being so distraught. And so I was, as I said, just finished my freshman year. So unlike a lot of people in college, I came back literally every weekend for the most part. There may have been one or two that I would stay up there. But for the most part, I came back home every weekend uh, from Ball State because I wanted to be there for her, because I, I wanted to to help, I because I, I felt home at home, obviously, even though it was sometimes a scary place. I felt home there. And I was, my anxiety was getting more and more hardcore. Uh, I was learning more about what it felt like to be depressed, even though I never would have put that into words, because I didn't know that's what it was. And, and so it, in many ways, while I was going home to help her, I was also kind of running away from any connections. And, and so that was kind of that. Uh, I finished undergrad. I had no idea what to do. I felt, I've said this before, I felt called to the ministry my senior year. I had no idea how it worked. I didn't know what it meant. I knew that I couldn't afford to go to Olivet or to a Christian school. And so I didn't know what to do. I also uh, had been a reporter. I also had interest in politics at the time. I'd, I had a political science minor. Um, I, I had an English major, which I make fun of a lot, but I it also, stuff like that works for law school. It works for politics. It works for journalism, like all kinds of things. And so I uh, worked for the government that summer. I lived in Castleton. I still went home a lot. 
obviously, but uh, I lived with one of my friends there who was actually working there. I was just, you know, interning at the Indiana State House, and I, over the course of that summer, I got into grad school. Ball State was just starting a creative writing program, so I went back for two years there. During the course of that time, I had the darkest depression I've ever had. Um, I have since had things close, but I now understand it, and so I don't let it get as dark. Then I didn't understand it, so it was very dark, if that makes sense. Uh, and so I didn't know what I was going to do after. I didn't know how my life was going to work. I felt, again, called to ministry, and so I, after I graduated, I went home, and that very first Sunday, there was a call for youth work volunteers, and so I took it. I was scared to talk in public. I was scared to be around people. I had anxiety. I had depression. I had all of these things. And so I just kind of hung in the back. I helped with what I could help. And then after a couple years, we got a new youth pastor. Um, he once asked me what I was willing to do for, for my calling, what I was willing to do for the church. And I said, anything. Uh, it was insane that I said that because as I said, I was scared of any, everything. He uh, put me more in teaching. He put me more, gave me more opportunities. He gave me more responsibility. By the end of his time there, we were kind of co-youth pastors. He was getting paid. I wasn't. Uh, he was obviously there full time, so he was doing much more. But I was teaching the senior high on our youth group nights. I was helping with literally everything, uh, and and so it. I started to feel like, hey, this is what I need to do. What do I do? And he said, you know, stay around. And he left. I took over for him. Uh, I, I was there for about four years. Jesus once said, it's very hard to minister in your own home because people always see you how they saw you as a kid. It was very true. Uh, I love my, my home church. I love the people there, but it was very difficult. Uh, I didn't vibe with the pastor. We had very different styles. And so I was then called by Dan Walters, uh, to Tri-County here in Westchester. And I came, it was scary because I'd never... Uh, left Seymour in that way, other than for college, living for a couple months in, in Indianapolis, but but never left. During the course of my time at, at Seymour, my great-grandmother passed. Uh, she made it to 93, which was amazing. She had Alzheimer's the last several years, which was not. It was difficult. And I was there every single day visiting her. Had she not died, I probably would still have been in Seymour longer than I was supposed to be. Uh, I still have times where I want to call her. I still have times where I, I definitely miss her and where I think about it. And so I came to Troy County. I uh, thrived in many ways. I was learning. I, it was kind of the first time I was a real adult. Now, obviously, uh, once my, like, taking care of my grandma, I had to do a lot of adult things. Once she passed, I had to take care of myself. But, but I was poor. I had really, really bad living situation. So this was the first time I had like a, a an actual life and, and an adult life and had to learn how to be a man and all of those stupid things that you see in teen movies. Uh, and so I did my best. Uh, I had good times. I had bad times. I uh, it, it was hard to leave there. I love everyone there still. Um, and it was good to leave on good terms. It's always hard to leave. And in the ministry, you find that that's something that happens from time to time. Uh, you always hope that it doesn't, but occasionally it does. I was very happy to stay in, in the area, and I felt like it was definitely God's will for me to be at faith, which is where I am now. Uh, it has been, and this is no insult to the places I've been before, 
uh, it has been my best experience because I have been given more freedom. I've get, been given more responsibility. I've been given more trust. Uh, just I, I feel more part of a team, and that is definitely because our, our pastors, our staff are wonderful, but it's also because I have continued to grow and I've continued to mature, and in many ways I, it was kind of a, a slow development because uh, I took so much time, basically a decade, to take care of my grandma, and that put my life off in many ways. Uh, and so I learned a lot through the seven years at Tri-County. I've already learned a ton. I'm coming up on a year here at Faith, and it's uh, something that I continue to learn. It's something that I love. It's something that I hope I'm able to do for a long, long, long time. Um, I, I feel very close to the teens. I feel very close to, to the staff. I feel like it's a wonderful place. I love my apartment. I love the city. Everything is going well. I am definitely the type of person who feels like when everything is going well, something bad is about to happen. Um, and so that all ties into my pessimistic nature. But I cannot argue with the fact that things, uh, if I look at them on the whole, there are more good than bad in my life. Uh, I've talked about Beatrice several times. It's wonderful to be a part of her life this last year. Uh, the, the quarantine has made that difficult, but still just being able to see her, being able to uh, take help take care of her, being able to to be loved by her and to love her. It's so awesome. Having Stevie, even though it's been a very difficult year with her diabetes, has been wonderful. I have good friends from Tri-County, from other places, uh, and so there are a lot of good. In my worst times, I definitely don't focus on all of that. And so why am I saying this? And I started with saying both the, the best and worst times of my year were this week. That's going to happen, and pretty soon we're going to be back. Pretty soon we're going to find out uh, if someone is more right than others, because the phase plan seems to be going out the window and people are just doing what they want to do. And it will be difficult one way or the other, but regardless, at some point we're going to be back to normal. And at some point your life is going to be back to normal. And you're going to have weeks like this. Uh, even during the quarantine you will, but but overall in life you're going to have weeks like this. And so where I was able to just do that in whatever, however long I've talked, I don't look at times when I'm just doing this, but where, where I was able now to look back over the course of my life and point out the good, the bad, point out how I learned, where I learned, what I learned, um, when, when you're younger, that's hard to do. Like, I couldn't have sat here as an 18, 19-year-old and said, man, when I was 16, this really impacted me. Now, I knew it did, but it's hard to look back because that's not a very long life. Uh, and so now I have been able to... And I can see good, I can see bad. I have a lot of regrets. I have a lot of things I'm glad that happened. Um, most of that is just my personality, and I regret everything that I mess up. And I'm hard on myself. Uh, so really, I, I don't have a lesson overall with this, other than to say, even though you're still young, even if you're not, like just take the time to kind of look back every once in a while and see what formed you, see what you learned from it, see why you are the way you are. Sometimes it's nature, sometimes it's nurture, sometimes it's just a bad day, sometimes it's just a good day, whatever. Just kind of learn from that, grow with that, roll with that. Um, dream big. And I suck at that. I Well, I have big dreams, but I suck at following through because TV and video games are fun. And I, more than that, I don't believe in myself, so it's hard to, to push myself in some ways. But still dream big and do your best to learn from your good times, learn from your bad times. Uh, think of life as a roller coaster. Not everything is going to be up. Not everything is going to be down. And and just remember that you are valuable. Remember that you matter. Remember that when you mess up, 
no matter how hard you on yourself, there will be another opportunity, and so you keep going. And so early in the week was when something sucked and it was awful, and later in the week, uh, something different but better happened. And, and so life is important. I know that it's hard. I know that it's difficult. I know that this time in your life is difficult, but just keep going forward. Keep growing. Keep learning. Keep helping other people. Keep being good. Keep looking at your life. Not in a, man, I wish I'd done this, but in a, oh, you know what? It's really interesting. I wonder why I am the way I am. And then if you like it, awesome. If you don't, figure out how to change it and just keep going forward. Uh, we'll see what I talk about next week. I will continue to do these. I'm going to try to not do them the day before I do the live stream, but this has been a busy week, and as I said, it was bad for most of it, and so I did it just now. I will go put it on my computer now rather than wait until I want to get up and do it just to kind of push myself, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. I hope that you listen, and I hope that everything is going well. That's all I got.